to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hangover, it is Wednesday, June 29th. Hola. I'm Gus Gadgel. Tomorrow is NBA free agency, 5 p.m. A couple of rumors, a couple of reports of possible trades in the works. We'll get into that here as well. Jordan the Graduate will join us in the opening segment. There is some NBA news when it comes to the old salary caps going up. Probably a little higher than a lot of people thought it would be here as well. Brian, who's a mile high out west, will join us at 12.15. Bottom of the hour, Mr. Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette. We'll go to Kettyana, kind of see what's going on over there with him. Get his thoughts on what I've been talking about the last two days, because it's kind of going to be a continuation today here as well. Ralph Marlborough, apparently he hates Jameis Winston. I'll explain at 1.15 when he joins us here as well. Sean Fox will go up to Fun Row, North Louisiana. You know what I like to do on Wednesdays? Kind of tour the state. See how Pelicans, Saints fans, whatever is going on everywhere and in around the state here as well. But I can't go any forward without doing this. Uh oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Hey, is Shock Gene of Digital Underground, Caleb the Camel. Remember looking that up. He's got a sad card. Dude's been like in Transformers and everything. That camel is living a lot better than a lot of us, I promise you. And now Fox NFL analyst Sean of the Payton. Gonna have to, of course, maybe replace that with Dennis Allen. I don't know. Words of wisdom. We'll go with some headlines here as well. Plus, of course, get your phone calls, 800-998-1003. You'd like to chime into the conversation? Buddy, back in LaRose Studios, we'll say hola to you. You can always chime in as well via social media at ESPN Radio NOLA. Jordan likes to have a little fun with that as we do some questions of the day. We'll get to him here in a quick second again. Uh, so that's your guest list. Let's have a little fun and bring in Jordan as always. Look forward to hearing from your incredible insights. More importantly, just go ahead and tell us the question of the day. What's up, dude? How you doing today? I'm doing well. What about you, Gus? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a Wednesday. It's always a good thing. Plus, the long weekend, right? Many of us are going to be enjoying that extra day off, Monday being July 4th. So we can, um, wow, welcome in July. We all know, Jordan. What's today? Wednesday, right? I, I've been saying that. We heard, we heard hump day. We heard all of that. Well, you know what? I like to count. You know, I have a five year old. I've been doing the old counting the alphabet thing, all that stuff, right? So let's count, shall we? Almost like count, countula, whatever the heck his name is from, um, Sesame Street. Uh, next Wednesday is July 6th. That's one. The following Wednesday, July 13th. That's two. The next Wednesday, July 20th. That's three. The following Wednesday, Jordan. It's July 27th. That would be four, sir. That would be four. Do you know what's on July 27th? Saints. The start of Saints. We will be talking about right now the very first practice of Saints training camp in the books. You will be busily cutting sound, talking about players. All of that will be dehydrated from watching practice. All the beautiful, wonderful things that happen just four Wednesdays, dude. That's crazy when you think about it, right? In the meantime, though, a lot of focus has to do with, of course, the NBA uh, free agency, the start of it tomorrow. A little different as we've been talking about the last couple of days here locally because uh, – I do. is it the first time ever since they've moved here? I'm trying to think. Like, I, I can't think of another time where free agency has started where we're kind of in this spot. And that spot, as we've talked about the last two days, being the Pelicans are going to probably try to maybe dump a contract or a player or two and call it a day. Like, <laughs> think about that, right? Like, like empty trades is kind of what's being referred to essentially, right? Here, take Devontae Graham, maybe Jackson Hayes, give us a like super protected draft pick that we'll never see. Like, that's what's being reported and 
projected. That that's the Pelicans free agency. They need roster spots for the draft picks. They like that's where they are. It's incredible, right? Now a couple of these things can open up. Guys like Garrett Temple, things like that. Maybe you buy him out, make him uh part of the you know, coaching staff. He's respected. Willie Green loves him, but look, I mean, he was one of the players they had a chit chat with and said, We can't play you anymore. So <laughs> if we can't play you anymore and we have some other guys that we may want to go in that direction. But that's where the Pelicans are in NBA free agency. It's so different, right? I'm not used to this. I don't even know how to report on it, Jordan. I mean, you know, you look at different teams. Denver, as we'll get into in your top stories here throughout the show, reportedly getting ready to bring in some help and stuff. Remember, Murray's going to be coming back to help the two-time now defending MVP. Things of that nature. What is Utah going to do? I think Donovan Mitchell wished Rudy Gobert. Happy birthday on Twitter this week. So you know how that works, right, Jordan? If if you're if you're happy on social media, if you're happy, you do good things on social media, right? When you're unhappy, what do you do? Like Kyler Murray, you unfollow, <laughs> you wipe, you wipe away all your pictures. So I guess if Donovan Mitchell is wishing Rudy Gobert a happy birthday, is that a good thing? I guess I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. What do the Lakers do? All of that stuff. But again, almost like last Thursday with the Pelicans, it's. Kind of kick back and just see what happens, right? Other teams' problems. It's not our problem. <laughs> Other teams' problems. I like that. What is our question of the day, though? It has to deal with the NFL, and it's Wednesday's question of the day. Who do you think are the top NFC contenders? Mm. You can comment or call in 800-998-1003 or tweet at us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Yeah, because I'm interested to get into this with Scott, with Ralph, and, of course, also with Sean Fox here as well and kind of go around the state and kind of get their opinions off of what you and I have been talking about the last couple of days. And on Monday and Tuesday, we've kind of presented the argument to an extent, right? We asked, give us our definition. Please give give us your definition, that is, of what is a championship window. Do you include the rise, the start? Do you include the fall? Last chance, last gasp. There was a reason you felt the way you did, huh? The no no call game. Like I even told you, I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I'm looking and I'm watching Drew and I'm watching. And I'm like that. That might have been it. Like that might have been it. That that was a team that I had every like every expectation was going to the Super Bowl. Like that that was a Super Bowl caliber team. And you just went when when they didn't get it done, you you start that mortality almost of the window, right? How long? How much longer? And then you lose to the Vikings, and then you lose to the Bucks. You know, and then that's that closed it. We've been making the case in the argument this week that could this season be the opening of a third window here in New Orleans? And with the Pelicans, can you kind of say that? And what was the analogy I used yesterday, Jordan? That first cold front. Cold now, front. ninety-four days. Ninety-four days. Not that I'm keeping track of October first. That is the month that we will likely see our first cool front. I just want to open the window. That's all I'm trying to do. Waiting for the cool breeze to come in. Not ready to go hoodie or sweatshirt. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just opening the window. And I've been making the case and argument for both franchises. Here's what's interesting, and I'm going to ask Scott about this because him and I were talking about this earlier this morning. Jordan, if I if I had to tell you Vegas, the desert, those guys, the wise guys, they know it all, don't they? They know it all. They Pel- do. Pelicans or New Orleans Saints, who has the better odds, not, not that they're great, but who has the better odds to win a championship? Who would you think it is? One's plus 5,000, one's plus 4,000. Pelicans have the better odds. The Pelicans are plus 4,000. The New Orleans Saints are plus 5,000. Did y'all hear that? Vegas thinks the Pelicans... Now, again, those aren't great odds. I'm I'm just saying, though. But just using those statistics, that that odd, is it odd? I mean, think about that. Because that's what I've been talking about yesterday. How much of it is Sean Payton's departure? How much is it Jameis Winston? Because poor Ralph is going back and forth with people on Twitter. He's just not buying yet to an extent that Jameis can be 
that guy, an elite QB and all that. Cause he went back and forth with somebody when he said, like, can he just be Aaron Brooks? And again, I do think we remember the end of Brooks, just like there, there's some Saints fans, Jordan, over the last couple of years, remember the finale of Drew Brees' career, right? They, they've gone cloudy. And I get it. It's, you know, what you've seen last. It's fresher in your mind, right? The, oof, that ball barely got there or the, wow. But again, as we talked about yesterday, you put on the Super Bowl tape, you put on any game that season, you put on the 11 season, the 13 season. Uh, he got back off that line of scrimmage quickly. The ball released out of his hand quickly. It had zip to it. We were throwing bombs. I mean, it, you know, father time, dude, it's undefeated, but. It's interesting how we get cloudy. We kind of forget that a bit. And I've been saying this for a couple of months. We talked about when the season ended. Where are the Saints going with quarterback? And and you know my feelings, Jordan, when we talked about this, when it came to Deshaun Watson. Not that that isn't enough. And it is. The allegations, the possible suspension, all of that stuff. But when you were looking at the package... On top of what is enough already, to me at least, and you're throwing in the picks, and you're throwing in this, and you're throwing in the money, and you're throwing in all, in the salary cap environment, I mean, you're, you're, it just didn't make sense to me. With the roster the Saints had. Now I understand the whole, well he can be this kind of quarterback and all that, but man, imagine if he picks New Orleans. You're 200 plus in, you wouldn't have Chris Olave. You wouldn't have first-round picks for a while. And he may likely not play this season for you. Was it worth it? Right? Which is why you always heard me say, I was, go with Jameis. Guy that wants to be invested. I mean, he's won a national championship, first pick overall, all those different things. It's just crazy to me. It's, it's nuts how that one season where you had 30 picks. And I get it. It's a lot. I'm not discounting that. I'm not acting like it ever happened. But it is interesting when people don't bring up in that same season he had 30 touchdowns. It is interesting people don't bring up he's thrown for 5,000 yards. Like that's not, that's not something that happens very often. Right? So the guy clearly has some talent. If it's refined, if he has a better team, if he has a better coach, like we hear it all the time, certain players just need a change of scenery. Certain players can excel in certain systems better than others. Right? Well, it just, it's nuts to me. I mean, we went through it yesterday, and we will today with our guest. When you look at the roster, it's nuts that people legitimately think the Pels have a better chance of winning a championship than the Saints do. Because the Saints roster and Pels roster have one main difference. And again, I've said that both I think I can make a case and argue that they're, they're opening a window. I'm not saying they're in the middle of that championship window. I'm not saying they're going to win it this year. But maybe this is the first season that you're going to start seeing the steps. Like, legitimately. But back to the difference in the roster, there's one main difference. Jordan, do you know what it is? I'll ask you. What do you think is the main difference between the Saints roster and Pelicans roster as to why I think the Saints may be closer than the Pels? I think more veteran talent. Yeah. Well, veteran experience in the postseason. In the postseason, to be specific, right? Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, as rookies, what did they do? They were in the playoffs. They were in the Minneapolis Miracle. All right, anyway... But you've seen all of those guys. Last year was the first year in a run of, what, five or six years the Saints weren't in the postseason. So you, C.D. Deuce has been in the post. I mean, you, you, you have players everywhere on that roster that have played in playoff games, that have played with expectations, that have played with a Hall of Famer. You have, you have, you have some players that have played with Drew Brees. You have players that have played with Sean Payton. They just picked a part here, elevated a coach there, Replaced one coach from the O-line that has been a head coach, has been an offensive line coach, has been an offensive coordinator. Like, the Pels haven't had a dribble, a possession, a minute with Zion and the rest of that starting five. I'm not saying it's not going to be good, which again, I'm the window is opening, I think, to me. Let's see what happens. The NBA is a little different. I think it could be a little elongated. It takes time. You have to go through steps. You have to win. 12 games, right, to get to the finals and then four more. In the NFL, you got to win four. So I, it, it, it's just baffling to me. Like, I, I, I legitimately want to know 
is it Jameis that's keeping? Like, if Dak Prescott would have requested a trade, Baker Mayfield, somebody, would they have the Saints at better odds? Like, is it Jameis? It's crazy, isn't it? Because that still means that you have two-thirds of a football team that can contend and can compete. I don't know. I, I don't think... I- I mean, I think it'd be crazy to say it's Jameis because I sent you something that was out yesterday. Jameis Winston before the injury in 2021, 14 touchdowns, three interception, interceptions, 134 uh, passer rating, and his rating was first in the NFL. So, For Pro Football Focus, top of next hour, sir, you will rejoin us, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. Thank you, bud. Appreciate yes, it. All right, for sure, a quick break. We come back. Brian, who's likely a mile high out west out in Denver, well, join us with his thoughts next on ESPN New Orleans, your home for Pelicans basketball. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. 800-998-1003 will be the phone line. If you want to chime into the conversation at some point today, here will be top of the hour. We'll open up the lines here. Scott Prather next. Coach G, a couple of soccer news and a really good story. Something happened yesterday with the women's national soccer team that's never happened before, ever. And I think it's a really good story that everyone can get behind. Brian, are you likely a mile high out west, sir? How are you, Mr. Brian Bienemy? Doing well, my brother. How are you? Doing fantastic. How's that Twitter account? You're 16th, right? Sweet 16 is still going strong, Gus. There it is. But I can't I... promise you it'll be there for, you know, next month. <laughs> well, let, let's do our best to make sure that it doesn't last much longer here, sir. Let's get into a couple of topics here. I find it surprising Vegas odds came out. The New Orleans Pelicans, plus 4,000. Now, look, I'm not saying those are great odds. Plus 4,000 to win the Larry O'Brien. The Saints, plus 5,000. Why do you think people are having so much trouble Kind of living on the side of the street that I am right now. I think the Saints are not only contenders. I think they arguably are about to start another championship window. A chance for a championship. Do you agree with me? Absolutely. And I think the reason why most are down is because of the the loss of Sean Payton. And it comes across, you know, a year after, or two years after the loss of Drew Brees. So now you have Jameis coming back. So it's the quarterback and coach combination they're not sure of. I don't think it has anything to even do with Dennis Allen's stint in Oakland or, you know, now Las Vegas. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I just think so many people are enamored by the idea that Sean Payton was just this brilliant play caller, and he was, that it's hard to replace him. I don't think it's going to be that hard of a transition because the, the strength of the Saints team has not been the offense over the last past couple of years. 
it's been the defense. And the guy who was in charge of that, Dennis Allen, is Bingo. now the head coach. Bingo. They're only going to get better. I think the other thing that I keep bringing up here as well, in the three weeks of OTAs that we're allowed to, you know, again, one day a week, but open locker room and access and speaking to players, including the new ones, Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry, and the rookies like Chris Olave and even Jameis too. When we asked him about Carmichael or Dennis Allen, I found it interesting that most of the time that those names were brought up, they brought them up. It wasn't just a question. It wasn't, you know, a reporter going, so tell me what Pete Carmichael is like. You you would hear Jameis speak about the offense and then reference Carmichael and how he's always been a part of that offense and things of that nature. Or Jarvis Landry say, I love what Dennis has been doing. In other words, when you look at the way, I guess, those players already are talking about him, you get a sense that he communicates with them. And I go back to Brian, to him back in, what, February or March, mentioning that he flew out to visit in Malibu Michael Thomas. That's, I think that spoke volumes to me, didn't it? Absolutely. And, I mean, look, on paper, this is probably the most talented team we've ever seen in New Orleans since have assembled. I mean, when you look at the guys like Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas coming back, Alvin Kamara once he deals with his suspension situation, Jameis, an element that, you know, Jameis does really, really well is throw the ball downfield. Well, now you have downfield targets, so you have somebody that can stretch the field, which is not something we've seen these last past couple of years with Drew at the helm. This is going to be a talented football team, and the guy calling the plays right now is Pete Carmichael, who was in charge and, you know, kind of studied under Sean Payton. The guy who's been the reason why they've been winning, the defensive coach, is now the head coach. And all of a sudden, you have every single person in that locker room with a chip on their shoulder because they're all being told, you guys can't do it without Sean. Really? Watch this. And I think that's the attitude that you guys have. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Along those lines, and look, I, I agree with you, Brian. It's speaking with Ryan B. Enemy. Uh, I think the thing that stands out to me is this. I, I saw this boot crew media, and uh, we had the Chris's on yesterday. And I, I love this because it's the time of year that everyone brings up lists and, and, you know, who had this and who has that. The 2006 Saints. And I sent you this, right? It's essentially like your, your fantasy football team. Like, which one would you rather have? At quarterback was Breeze, running back Deuce. Receivers were Horn and Colston. The tight end was Mark Campbell. Your flex was Reggie Bush. Linebacker Fujita. DN Will Smith. Mike McKenzie, your best corner. The 2022 Saints. Winston, Kamara, Thomas and Landry receivers. Taysom Hill, your tight end. Chris Olave is your flex. Demario Davis, the linebacker. Cam Jordan, the DN. Marshawn Lattimore, the corner. Who are you taking? 06 or 2022 Saints? I'm taking 2022, and I don't even think 2020, you know, the 2006 Saints scored 17 points on that defense. Like, I think people are forgetting how good the Saints defense really is. And when I say that, it's all I have to use is one metric. They shut down Tom Brady. Not once, not twice, not three times. Four times, and they even had him shut down the fifth time in the playoffs. Unfortunately, Drew has his worst game of his career. So it's not like Tom Brady was great in that game. It's just that Jared Cook has baby arms and he can't hold on to the ball. <laughs> and of course, you know, Breeze again had his worst game. So I mean, right. let's not let's call this what it is. This 2022 you know team on you know talent wise is much better than 2006. Much better. So do this with me. Let, let, let's do this because it's our question of the day that we've thrown out there on Twitter at ESPN Radio Nola, and I want to get your opinions out there, Saints fans, NFL fans even as well. Who are the quote-unquote contenders in the NFC? Brian, let's start by defining what is a contender to you, in your opinion. Do you have a legitimate shot of winning the Super Bowl? That is a contender. Legitimate shot. Not okay. you know, one of these dark horses that's going to come out of nowhere because it always happens every year. Not a dark horse. Atlanta would be a dark horse. You know, Carolina, a dark horse. You're not going to tell me those teams are winning the Super Bowl next year. They have no shot to be a contender unless they rule them out now. Green Bay, they have a shot. They got to kind of rebuild that wide receiver core, but they have a shot. I think, you know, the, the Rams, of course, they're a contender. The Cardinals, they're a contender. The Saints are a contender. Tampa Bay is a contender. These teams are your contenders. Teams that you have a viable chance of saying they're going to end up in the top four of the, you know, the NFC mm. and they have a chance to go on. Those are my teams that are contenders. Everybody else, kind of a big bag. Cause that's what I was kind of looking at too, right? I, I, I'm not lowering the bar, but I'm kind of setting the bar to this aspect of it because we've seen it's, it's hard 
to get to the big game. And getting to the NFC Championship game is not a given, right? As we saw with the Saints, when they have done everything during the the breeze era, even towards the end, to try to get to that point, the win-now mode, the mentality, the moves, the things that they had to do. So I'm, Brian, saying... To me, a contender is, can you get to the NFC Championship game? Now, if you can get to that game, then yes, I think you have a chance to win it. And then if you can get to the Super Bowl, look, the AFC is stock full and loaded. So I, I but if you get to the Super Bowl, I mean, it's a 50-50 shot, right? So I'm, I'm just saying, can I get to the NFC Championship game? And when I look I at the conferences, that. or rather by the divisions, in the NFC East, there's a lot of national people that love the Eagles, but Cowboys, I do think, are, to me, I'd say contender. I'm with you with the Packers. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Minnesota with their new coach. Bucks and Saints for me in the South, and in the West, I do think Ram, Cardinals, Niners have a shot, too, depending if Trey Lance progresses and can be a quarterback, right? So, I mean, but I do put the Saints among those teams that I don't see why, with the schedule they have, if they win the division and get to the playoffs, that means they would have won 10 to 12 games. With that schedule, they would be beating some of the teams I just mentioned. Absolutely. I think there's about six teams that can legitimately buy for it. I think there are only four teams that I truly trust. Like you said, I think there are two divisions at that. I think the NFC South and the NFC West. I think the winner, of, I think their NFC representative for the Super Bowl will come out of one of those two divisions. I, I'm, I'm not sold on anybody in the NFC East including Philadelphia, simply because I believe that Jalen Hurst is going to have to beat you with his arm at some point. They're not going to be able to just run the ball 40 times a game and win like that. Not going to happen. Teams have more film now. They'll be able to study and kind of shut down that running game with the Eagles. He's got to pass to beat you. If you can't do that, they're done. Dallas is Dallas. All hype, you know, no, 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 nothing to back that up. They're going to be considered Super Bowl contenders right around the time until December hits, then they're going to fall flat like they always do. So I take nobody out of there. The NFC North, you know, there's Minnesota, of course, Green Bay. And I, I just – I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is really committed. I think he's kind of – you know, once you start talking about retirement, you're already there. So, <laughs> right. I mean, it, I just – I don't see it coming out of that way. So, like I said, to me, it's a two-division race, four teams. And then you might can throw a couple of wild-card guys in there just to kind of be fun. Right. But it, it's a four-team race to me. It's interesting. Pro football focus, Mike's Renner. Uh Put his version, what he thinks top ten secondaries in the NFL. Ravens one, Bucks two, Browns three, Packers four, Finns five, Buffalo six, the Saints are seven, Chargers eight, Rams nine, Bengals ten. My point is this, going by this, he only has two NFC teams that are better than the Saints, the Bucks and Panthers. And I would argue I'd take the Saints over the Bucks secondary. So my point is, again, that's why I'm saying I... If, to your point, what you say with the defense, if you're the second or third best secondary in the NFC, that's going to help you contend because I think the Saints D-line and linebackers can make plays. Back to your point, the Saints defense is pretty darn good. I'm actually upset with that list that the Saints were like ranked seventh and Seven. they were behind both the Bucks and Panthers. Bucks. I'm, I'm not, I, I need to know what Mike Greener saw. No, Bucks and Packers. Yeah. Okay, Bucks and, yeah, Bucks. <laughs> so I need to know. What he looked at. Now, I know Jair Alexander is the truth. That dude is good, no doubt. But if Green Bay can't score this year because they have basically me and you playing wide receiver, that's going to put that defense on the field a hell of a lot more. So that means Jair Alexander is going to get targeted more. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Darrell Rivas, Deion Sanders, anybody. If somebody throws at you 10 to 15 times a game, they're going to give up plays eventually. So I think at some point, Green Bay is going to fall down a little bit because they can't score as much. And when it comes to the Bucks. I mean, am I missing something? Or yeah. did they not watch what the Saints have done to the Bucks? I don't know, the last five times they played. <laughs> Maybe I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. They lost to Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. That's all I'm saying. That Bucks secondary. That Bucks secondary. That that same Bucks secondary lost to the Trevor Simeon and the Taysom Hill without Sean Payton on the sideline in Tampa. That Bucks secondary. <laughs> It was the Bucks secondary fault that Trevor Simeon got a nickname. They started calling the dude T. Dot Sizzle. What the hell? <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Uh, what do you think will be the headline Friday, the day after free agency starts tomorrow here at 5 p.m.? Wow. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a situation to where it's a trade that we didn't think was coming. Like, you know, there's a lot of rumors right now going on 
that the Knicks are trying to get DeJounte Murray and pair him with Jalen Brunson. I think that would be a really good pairing. I'd like to see it happen. Number one, it gets a guy like Murray out of the division. And, not, mm-hmm. you know, San Antonio kind of falls down a little bit more, and it kind of helps the Pels. But I don't see on any of these major trades happening. I don't see Kyrie going to the Lakers. I don't see Damian Lillard getting moved. I don't see Bradley Beal going anywhere. I just think we're, it's going to be a lot of nothing this first Friday, and then maybe things kind of, you know, kind of take off from there. As of right now, I don't see anything being a major move that kind of shakes up the, the fabric of the NBA. Final 30 seconds. I don't know if you've seen it. Bleacher Report had it as well. Zion's he's everywhere right now. And he's at the YMCA here in town. And uh, some poor child just uh, took the brunt of – it reminds me of Jordan. You know how, like, Jordan would hold those those Nike camps and then he just abused a 13-year-old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Look, I – dude, him playing at a playground recently by Delgado, him being active, you're seeing him at the YMCA doing things, and him just looking like he's having fun being himself again, Brian. That's what I take out of this, don't you? Absolutely. And I think the most important part of that is – if dudes, you know, Zion's age and strength level, uh, Stephen Adams, if you will, if Zion drops his shoulder and puts Stephen Adams like five rows into the front row, <laughs> what do you think he did that little kid? I kind of feel bad. I'm like, are you bullying this kid? What's the problem? Uh, it was brutal. <laughs> I mean, at least he didn't body him up. I mean, he just did like kind of a crossover and went in. But look, again, I love it. The best thing I take about this is, he actually finished at the rim a few times. There was a layup or two, but I, I think hopefully I'll be able to retire the layup king, the moniker I was using for him a couple of seasons ago. Brian, who's likely my high out west. His name is Brian B. Enemy. The Twitter handle is Brian. It is come fly with B. That is B E E, and it's the number four. Come fly with B. Get it now. I was going to say, limited time only. It could be suspended by the next segment. You never know. Thank you, Brian. We'll talk again next week. <laughs> Take care, my brother. I'm working on that suspension, by the way. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you are. There's no doubt about it. To Acadiana, we go next. Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette will join us right here on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. Stop buying tickets without rewards and start getting more from the only ticketing company that rewards you for buying Vivid Seats. Buy 10 tickets, the 11th is on us. That's like 10% back every time you buy. And with 100% buyer guarantee and over 100 million tickets sold, that's something to sing, laugh, cheer, scream, buy about. Head to VividSeats.com for terms and conditions. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. All right, welcome back. ESPN New Orleans, as always, appreciate the time that Mr. Scott Prather gives us. Scott, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? going on, Gus, man? How you doing? Summertime. Uh, yeah, it is summertime. Thunderstorms and uh, daddy daycare. Sir, 
I've been talking the last two days about championship windows and why I have been able to make the case, at least in my mind, and I'm a Capricorn, so I feel like I'm right, right? So um, that I think you could argue or make the case that the Saints and the Pelicans are in a championship window beginning or the beginning stages, perhaps, of that championship window because I include the rise, right? I include the, the rise. And I think when we think of teams that can win it, we project, just like I'm projecting with the Pelicans. Now, I understand championship contenders, that's teams like the Celtics and we're like, they can win it right now. But I'm just talking about like the cold front in October that comes in and I'm just opening the window. It ain't cold in the house just yet. That none of the breezes have really gotten in. Just opening the window because I think I can make the case for both of them. Do you think I'm out of my mind? No, no. I mean, I, I think you would have been out of your mind to do it a year ago. Sure. Um, but no, I, considering, you know, I'm surprised the Saints right now are plus 5,000. I, I don't think they should be like, you know, nine to four. Like, I don't think it should be a heavy favorite to win the championship, but like 50 to one, like, come on. I mean, you know, that's, that's surprising to me. Uh, the Pelicans betting odds. I'm, going off of draft games, right? They're 40 to 1. They're actually better. Talking about this season, and I know you're not necessarily talking about the next season for each mm-hmm. team. You're talking about the early stages of it. And, Correct. You know, I, I think you can – there are different ways to, to, you know, to get it done. You can, you know, just get fortunate like the Bucks, and just have Tom Brady fall on your lap and get some good calls and have Jerry Cook fumble and have all this stuff happen and – you know, and have a talented team and win a championship. But most of the time, in most cases, you know, it's not something that just happens overnight, like when the Celtics got the big three and then won the next year. You know, in a lot of cases, it's something that's that's sort of built over time. And I think in the in the case of a smaller market team in the NBA, you have to do it like that. You're not going to be able to skip steps like some of the more glamour franchises in the bigger markets. And, I, I you know, I say glamour sarcastically, but – yeah, I, I think you know in the NBA you gotta you gotta build it and you have to have a couple of stepping stones. In the NFL, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, between parity and and some teams that operate you know more aggressively when it comes to the cap than others, like the Saints, as opposed to teams that just want to convince their fan base they're always saving cap space and it's going to help them someday, and yet they're always <laughs> drafted in the top five. You know, if you're aggressive, it doesn't matter what market you play in. You can, you know, your window can open up. Um, you can't have a ter- terrible quarterback and do it, but you know, you you can do it. So I, I look at the Saints last year being nine and eight in a season where everything could go wrong between injuries and you know most most starters in a single season in NFL history, and they did it by their fifteenth game of the season. It didn't even take seventeen games. Um, you know, the, the COVID games, everything, right? And they still managed to be, you know, they, they win the last game of the season and they had to wait until, you know, the, the, the Niners came back and the Rams blew a lead, um, and, and then lose an overtime to realize their, their season was over. So I, I think with both teams, you know, I think for the Pelicans, it, it has to be a very specific way. I think for the Saints, I mean, you can, you could probably do it sooner rather than later. I, I, I get why they're not the favorite. I don't mm-hmm. think they should be. Sure. But, Gus, I mean, plus 5,000? Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. On, it makes man. no sense to me, Scott, because speaking That's with Scott Prather number. at Scott Mimic over on Twitter from ESP and Lafayette, because I, I would argue, let's say the Sean Watson picks the Saints. I'm not talking about the possibility of suspension. I'm just saying the way, did, but I know they, yeah, the way they, the national media reacted when he picked the Browns, they already were making him a favorite. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're already thinking they're a better roster than the Saints elsewhere and everything else. And if that's the case, then what you're telling me is the Saints are a quarterback away. If the Saints are a quarterback away, then they're by definition a contender. I mean, I just I mean that's what I'm getting at. The rest of the roster um is solid. Now I get it. You and I talked about this. Is it the loss of Peyton? And is it Jameis? How much do you think Jameis and Sean weigh in on the minds of people not ready to buy in on the Saints? A, a team that has a roster of veteran, young, playoff-experienced players. I think that's part of it. I think there's two things. I think you have 
the, the absence of Sean Payton, and he does have that cachet and respect around the league. And then I think with Jameis, there wasn't a big enough window for people to see last year if if he was the guy. And I know there's plenty of debate whether he is or isn't or will be or won't be, and that's all fine and dandy. I'm talking about the sports books and the people that put a lot of money down and try to handicap this stuff. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not sure yet. They want to see a bigger window than what they saw in the six-and-a-half games last year, um, which is understandable. I mean, I, I, I get it, right? Uh their their bigger sample sizes of Jameis are struggles. And you could say, yeah, well, you know, Bruce Arians and all the other things and all the different OCs and he was younger and, you know, he's older, he's more mature now. You, you can you can make the argument for him. But I think people want to see it first. Um, the other thing, Gus, is I do think when you have a national narrative from a lot of writers and people in the industry about, you know, the Saints not knowing what they're doing or being ultra-critical of how aggressive they are, you know, it's like, well, they're being aggressive because they're, they're trying to win. That, that's what you're supposed to do. But it's flipped from not all, but a lot of writers, national pundits about, man, this is the wrong route. You know, they're really not close to a Super Bowl. This is dumb. They're hurting their future. They're and old. I think when that is a, a big part of a national narrative, that impacts the line as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the combination of those three things. I look at it in reality. You had a team last year that was a great defense. You had a team that would have had great special teams if Will Lutz hadn't gotten hurt because they were great everywhere else. I mean, J.T. Gray is a first-team APL pro. Malt Hurt's not an APL pro. You've got a good punter. You've got your Pro Bowl kicker back now. Special teams is good. Offensively, you were terrible last year. I mean, statistically, you were terrible. We can get into the reasons why, but I think everyone listening knows why. You improve that. Look at the schedule. It's not like you're you're playing a murderer's row of, of, of quarterbacks. I mean, early in the season, you've got Sam Darnold and Marcus Mariota. Yeah, you have old Tom Brady. I get it. But the St. Stevens has done well against them. You have Kirk Cousins, the, the Times New Roman font of NFL quarterbacks, like in London. He's He's not bad. He's just... <laughs> You know, it's fly. It's time Times New Roman, New Roman you, font. You, I like that. That's, I like that's, that. that's okay. Cousins. I mean, you, <laughs> my point is, when you look up and down sort of some of the quarterbacks they're playing, and then you look at the things of defense, you can talk yourself, put it this way, eight and a half oh, wins on the season? I, I, give me the over. My mm-hmm. biggest concern with this team is, you know, tight end and running back after Kamara, as much as I love Ingram, right? But if Kamara suspended six games, that's major. All right, I don't want to act like that's not going to have a big impact on the team. It is. Sure. But if you get if you get rolling and you can stay relatively healthy, and you have a, you know, you kind of almost completely not completely, but you cleaned a lot of house when it comes to your training staff, medical staff, things like that. You get you got that in order now. I mean, okay, you you are going to miss Sean Payton, but if the team is playing well toward the end of the season and goes into the playoff on the roll, I mean, yeah. Sign me up. I, the Saints the Saints are a playoff team next year. No, I didn't feel like that at the very start of free agency. But a lot's changed between now and then. And yeah. I, I I could definitely see a window starting to open up a little bit for them. And it helps when you're in the NFC. And it helps when you're in the NFC South. If you're in the AFC West, forget about it. But you're in the NFC South. I mean, Patriots and Brady won a lot of Super Bowls, Belichick. And, and they. I'm not, you know, we could talk about Spygate or whatever and all that stuff. Look, let's, let's stop looking at the off-the-field accusations, rather on-the-field accusations as well. Let's just look at the division. For years, it was garbage. Every now and then, you know, the Jets would have a good season, and then they'd go in the tank. And then the Dolphins would pop up, and they'd go in the tank. And now, now, finally, the Bills are good, but, you know, the Patriots, they're not what they used to be, and Brady's going on all that other stuff. My point is, play in the right conference, play in a division that isn't fierce, and I don't think the NFC South is fierce. Yeah, yeah, again, Plus five thousand, Gus. I'm not. I'm not telling people how to bet their money, but yeah. you just want to throw a couple of dollars on it. I mean, oh, no doubt. I yeah. At the very least, it's going to pay. It's going to help Santa Claus. If, 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 you, you get what I'm saying? I mean, it, it might help at yeah. least for for a season or two. Got about three minutes here. Uh, two minutes actually, and I want to just get your opinion. Um, Zion's a bad man. 
uh, or bad play, bad defense by the kid he was playing at the YMCA. Like I, I, I'm looking at him and I'm like, look, I get it. It's Zion and stuff, but dude, I saw no lateral movement. I really didn't see much effort there. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone's picking on Zion for bullying him and I know he's 150 inches and pounds bigger than this kid, but I mean, the kid could at least bodied him up a little bit, you know, maybe yeah, a little hard foul, no, a little Charles Barkley. I think the kid, I, I think, wrote about this. I think I, screaming I wrote about needs to go off on the morning. kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote about this this morning on our on our ESPNLabview.com website about how when I was a kid, I would dream about playing football with Dalton Hilliard and yes. how we're going to be this great tandem for the Saints. But in reality, <laughs> you know, if I had strapped on a helmet and pads, I'd probably have sustained lifetime injuries. But that's not how I dreamt it. And I get that kid wasn't seven. He was probably 16, but he was smart. I mean, we've seen – remember Zion's rookie years? I mean, Stephen Adams is a strong cat. Remember when he just kind of backed mm-hmm. up into him and Adams yeah. went flying? I mean, imagine what he would do to a high school kid. Okay. That kid was smart. He made a wise decision. So what you're you know, saying is on, he know, shows up to the Lafayette play. YMCA, and you're there with your station, and you're doing a little thing, and he goes, and he just he throws you the ball. One bounce into your hands. He goes, check. What are you doing? How are you defending him? I mean, I, I'm saying a prayer? I don't oh, know. Oh, come on. I mean, come on. you, you know, got I mean, to body him You think I'm going to body that guy up? You, you no, have to. You, you have to. Up. You I mean, look, uh, you know, with respect, Zion's yeah. a, a strong guy, a big guy. That's a big. That's a big trunk. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But you look, back that thing. You're up. losing you're the one-on-one down. battle, regardless, Scott. The point I'm making is, you might as well go down with making the effort here. You might as well go down saying, "I tried to body oh, him I, up." You know, rather, I took I mean, an NBA shoulder to the chest. I mean, I, you know, no, just kind of standing yeah, out the way. You're gonna go Matador. You're going to you go Andres Pete. You're going to go Cesar Ruiz. Out, You're just going to step who aside. Out for a minor league baseball team when they were in their <laughs> 20s and complained for like a I year. Did. You're I telling did. me now in your mid 40s you're going <laughs> to you to take a, a, a Zion shoulder to the chest? No chance. No chance. I, I'm in better shape today than I was when I tried out for the Astros. Yeah, and you're also older. I'm just saying. I would <laughs> worry about you. I don't know what I would do. I would. I guess I would just try to. I, I would just hope that he would just do a spin move. Yeah, like I'd, I'd play him a little closer than that kid. Look, I would. You know what? But I'm like, just, I, just did, don't post me up. Just do a all, spin all I'm move saying and is this. dunk, and then you know. All I'm saying is this. I just watched the Ob One series. I saw Vader defeat Third Sister without a lightsaber, just using his hands. I mean, you know what? I'm older and smarter. He's going to try to body him up when he dips that shoulder to try to go through my chest. I'm like, whoop! Just, just step aside just a little bit. He's off balance. I strip the ball. I steal it from him. I step back jumper. I make it. I walk off the court. That's what I'm saying. I bet you that's what that kid was thinking. And suddenly he's like, oh, Zion's not playing. You got to have a plan, Scott. I have a plan. trash to all the other kids. Like, this happened to you, you, you. I'm like, damn. Zion turns 22 next week, and he's. I I think he's got a mean streak in him somewhere that's coming out. Here's the point that I'm making as we close out here. Final 10 seconds with Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Mimic. He seems like he's himself again. Doesn't he? Having fun. You're seeing him out and about. And and that's what I take out of all this. I love the fact he's working with kids. He's at playgrounds. He's just he looks happier. And you know what? We saw sort of that with Bi from when he first got here to now, and we saw his game sort of grow there as well. So it, it I love it. I love everything about it. Scott, thank you as always for your time, sir. We'll talk again on a couple of Wednesdays. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it, my friend. Sounds good. Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette Morning Show. You can give him a follow at Scott Mimic over on Twitter. When we come back, Coach G will tell us what happened with the win- women's national soccer team yesterday. They won 2 nothing, But I think we all won, too, by seeing what one of their players did. I'll explain next on ESPN New Orleans. Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. Plus, we're ready to deal on every vehicle in stock or online too at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Remember, we have the all-new Toyota Tundra, totally redesigned and ready for your summer plans. The kids are out of school and you've got vacation plans. It's the perfect time for something new. And we want your trade and we're paying top dollar. Greg's got the deal. South Hollywood Road in Homa. Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region 
one person at a time. And this means more game time, more first times, more crunch time, more face time, and more party time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and start getting cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code ESPN for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code ESPN. ESPN. Remember, use promo code ESPN for a $5 bonus on your first tank of gas. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing. Welcome back. Sports Hangover, your home for Pelicans basketball. Coach G, Pat Gincon Terry, joins us on Wednesdays to talk a little bit about the world's game. Sir, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Look, it's always good when the national soccer team wins, yeah. whether it's a friendly or not. The ladies played last night. They won 2 nothing, but there was something in the game that really stood out, and it was the first time something took place, and it's Correct. Carson Pickett. She became the first player with a limb difference to mm-hmm. be featured on the U.S. national team. She's missing part of her left arm, kind of stops at the elbow there, Coach. Mm-hmm. Um how big a moment was that? We saw photos of her meeting and greeting children that also yeah, and, were not like and I, that. And I sent you that picture on uh, on text mess- message. It's one of those things that something like this, and at first I thought it was a stunt, like why, why is this happening? But then reading why it actually happened, she's a really good player. Uh, 2021, um, she was on the first team. Um, that same year, she was a fi- uh, finalist for Defender of the Year. So she got pulled up just for those accolades. So the picture that I showed, uh, that I sent to you, a person like Pickett, she's going to kind of motivate. She's going to um, inspire, uh, inspire the next generation of sports athletes. And a picture that I sent uh, to you had her and a baby, and a baby um, has, uh, I think, his or her left arm out, and they're same touching thing. it. And right there, the biggest smile on the baby's face. Right. It's just, it's just a very small microcosm of what she did yesterday. And again, I thought it was a, it was a stunt. It was, it was for publicity or whatever. She's a phenomenal soccer player. So, um, it's, it's great that, um, that this is happening. And as a coach, I don't care what the player or the athlete looks like. Can they do the job? Can they fulfill the need of the team? Can they um, have success and blah, blah, blah? And to me, it doesn't matter if she has one arm, two arms, or if she is successful and can help the team out, it doesn't matter. So this is a huge success for the uh, women's national team, huge success for any limb difference person out there. And um, one of the stories I was reading about her is that she never gave up. And there's a story about her trying to tie her shoes, and her parents saw that there was frustration. But uh, but Pickett says, I never gave up. So that right there, the early kid, knowing that I, I have some obstacles I never have to stop. I always have to kind of give and give and go and go and go and grow and grow and grow. She never quit on herself. And look where it landed her. The, the, the top national team of, of a country, number one, maybe number two of the world. It's a phenomenal story, but it's really a huge inspiration for anyone, um, especially with, right, right now Nike, I think, signed her for a, a lace-less a lace uh, uh, soccer shoe. So right there, there, there's something going on right now, and it's, it's awesome to see this. And let's see what happens in the future and how many other uh, um, limb difference people kind of come about and go into yeah. the more of the professional and semi-pros and not being more like the Special Olympics kind of um, athletes, but me, 
be more in the mainstream. So uh, we'll see where this goes. But, yeah, it's a phenomenal story. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's the kind of change I think everybody can get behind, right? The women, mm-hmm. they do get the win, 2 nothing over Columbia. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And, look, I get it. They're at a certain level. They're, they're World Cup champions. So they're yep. going to be looked at differently. And the headline is they struggled. They didn't look good in yeah. front of the net. It is goalie maybe a concern for them, apparently? Uh, just like with the men's team, uh, the, the offense is kind of eh right now. However, with the with the women's team, um, they, they have plenty of star power even on the bench. That right now, this is a friendly game, and there are so many different factors um, that the coach is trying to do and trying to figure out what the next squad is for uh, the World, com- uh, World Cup qualifying coming up here soon. So um, I'm not worried by, um, by, by any means. I think there was 18 shots, five on frame. And for the Columbias, um, I think they had five uh, shots, two on frame. And um, Nair had a phenomenal save. I believe it was an upper 90 shot. She made a diving save, um, saved the goal, obviously. But I'm not too worried about the U.S., um, the, the women's national team, as much as I am with the men's with the scoring. Speaking with Pat G. Conteri, Coach G, on Wednesdays we talk about the world game, right? Football, as you like to call it, the beautiful game, isn't it? The beautiful sport and all that. Apparently... The folks overseas getting ready for the World Cup coming up here mm-hmm. towards the end of this calendar year. They like it. 1.8 million tickets sold so far over there in Qatar. And that's just through the first wave of tickets. I, look, I honestly don't know. Is that a lot? It seems like a lot. Almost 2 million tickets sold. Okay, we need to figure out who are they sold to. Are they sold to companies? Are they sold to individuals? Who are they sold to? There's a lot of different factors. Um, right now, the first wave seems to be historically, to me, businesses. Coca-Cola, name brand, McDonald's, uh, worldwide name brands. Then from there, they might sell them and, and auction them off and so forth and so on. Um, right now, it's kind of early to see just because there's a lot of other factors. Again, we're so far away from it. Um the men's national team, let's say the um, big, huge injuries across the board, that might you know take away from people to spend the money for those right. tickets at a certain time when they can go on sale. So there's a lot of different factors right now. The 1.8 um, low number, just because, again, it's in a Middle Eastern country. They're not really known for their soccer. So um, still it's, it's an okay number, but let's see what the second round and third round happens with that. Okay, interesting enough because a FIFA spokesperson says they're expecting $3 million. Match yeah. tickets to, to be made available. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a lot here. I, okay. I'm interested to see how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, and just like with everything else, um, the numbers, the money, all that stuff, everything is question mark. We're going over there. Why it's in the winter time? And uh, I was talking to some of my friends. I go, one thing I love about my career as a teacher is I always have soccer in the summer. Mm-hmm. Except for this summer. So I'm kind of aggravated about this whole World Cup being in the winter time, but there are a lot of questions with numbers and money and so forth and so on. So I'll just kind of have to sit back and watch the games as they kind of play. <laughs> We're running out of time here. Only got about another minute and a half, but I want to make this maybe our main topic next Wednesday here as well. Yeah. As a story came out that it, they found finally a, a, not finally, but they have found a former MLS player mm-hmm. to have the, the ZCTE and he died of a drug overdose and things of that mm-hmm. nature to where now people are kind of looking at it. CTE is something that football fans are now familiar with and mm-hmm. seeing whether it's suicides or things of that nature has happened to NFL players. And I texted mm-hmm. you when I saw this story because it needs longer than, than 60 seconds, Coach. But I want to look at it Agreed. as, you know, is it something that I don't think a lot of people think of when it comes to soccer, right? And now, I'm, now I'm, maybe I'm just not strong enough, but... I've hit the ball with my head before. It's not a light ball. You know, like, and it is pretty physical. You see guys going to the ground yeah. and things of that nature. I don't know. Is CTE, I guess, give, give us a tease for next week. In 60 seconds, is CTE something that is talked about in the soccer circles? Well, uh, 2017, um, a talk about a study to see if it actually is a thing in MLS. And the study found out, yes, more studies need to be, uh, to be researched. Um, it is a thing in soccer. And just like it, it was the NFL a couple of years ago, kind of seemed like it was a fad in sports, but kind of died off until right now, until a gentleman came around to, um, after they, uh, the autopsy that he had CTE. Um, the biggest kind of question mark is the discrepancy between the sexes. Women's soccer has the highest head injury of all the sports. 
for, for women um, in high school and college. Um, the statistics are like some of the, they have smaller necks, they have weaker necks. Um, there's so many different things out there, but we really don't know. But soccer and, um, and head injuries is a thing. Uh, I sent you a picture on a text again with Peter Check. He played for Chelsea. He wore a concussion helmet for a good chunk of his career because about, I think, 15 seconds right uh, in the game, he got a need in the head. So it's not just a soccer ball, it's not the head-on-head, it's the knee-on-head, but it's just part of playing sports. But yeah, CTE is across the sport in many, many different um, levels, but yeah, it's something that uh, definitely needs more 60 seconds to talk about. Yeah, let's let's focus on that, because with all the talk of concussions and head injuries, what you've seen in the NFL, even during practices and in college Mm -hmm. football too, they wear these sort of red foam protections over their helmet, you watch seven on seven with these high school kids in football. Mm-hmm. They have what kind of looks like foam padded helmets um, that aren't helmets. They almost look like the the old nineteen twenty NFL helmets, right? Does that mm-hmm. make any sense? It's not plastic. It's just kind of a foam hat. Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder if that eventually will come to soccer. So let's talk a little bit about that next Wednesday, sir. Not a problem. I have, I have my list ready to go right now. So yeah, it's so many so many things out there uh, with studies and whatnot. Um, but let's talk about next week, man. Sounds, Sounds great. good. Appreciate it. Pat G. Conteri, Coach G. Talk a little soccer each and every Wednesday. All right, so that wraps up hour number one. Hour two coming up next in this hour. We'll speak with Ralph Marlborough, Sean Fox in hour number three. Open phone lines. We'll check in on the graduate as well as he will recap our question of the day. So sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion 